Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five-minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Hello, friends. Welcome back to campus here at Trade Show University. I, I'm, I'm really excited about this. It's a topic that... We have not touched on before a lot of people have been asking about and that is ai and what does it mean for the events industry how is it used is it going to completely disrupt what what individual companies are doing what the industry is doing and i have someone on who is an expert in this area his name is kaylin welch kaylin is the co-owner and executive vice president of business development for fast sensor where they drive global business expansion through technology and strategic partnerships. Kalen started in an IT strategy consultant with Accenture. He's been with Omnicom and has driven retail and technology partnerships with some of the biggest names in retail, Best Buy, Walmart, and many, many other retailers. He's got such a huge background in investment and in technology and business growth I'm excited. I think we're all going to learn a ton today. So, Kalen, welcome to Trade Show University. It's a pleasure to have you. Jim, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Excited to share a little bit of what I've learned over the years and uh, hopefully learn something as well from yourself and, and your listeners and feedback in the future. Awesome. Awesome. So let's start by, uh, give us, a, give us a, a background a little bit about what is Fast Sensor. Sure. So Fast Sensor, uh, in a nutshell, technically it's spatial analytics technology. And what that means is, in, in short, if you could create web-style analytics for physical spaces, that is effectively what our team has been able to create. Um, without getting su super techy, I'll say that we've uh, effectively woven together both IoT technologies and radio frequency Trilateration is technically what it's called with artificial intelligence and machine learning. And again, without getting too deep, let's just say that we're able to attract uh, people as they move through physical spaces by listening to passive radio frequency emissions from their personal devices, which we all carry. Uh, we can locate them down to uh, a square meter of accuracy every six seconds as they move through a space, much like a trade show booth or a retail store or other. The real power, however, is not in the locationing of these people. It's taking this data, pushing it into the cloud, which we do on a, a cellular network directly from the booth. And we run it through artificial intelligence, machine learning algorithms that reside in the cloud in near real time. And the real product at the end of the day is ROI metrics, data, and analytics that you can access via live dashboard and apply during your event. But more importantly, looking sort of backwards at what happened at the event, we create in-depth reports that give you full understanding of the value that your trade show or activation has created that you can use not only to justify and demonstrate the return on the investment, so you can you know back up your, your dollars that you're asking for and obviously protect those budgets and your job at the same time, but most importantly, apply the data to create optimization and efficiencies 
and of course, just make a better event overall, which is what our jobs all are in this space. So we're effectively bringing you data that allows you to see that in a way you've never seen it, so you can make the product better. There's a lot there. <laughs> that's that's amazing. <laughs> I guess uh, let's start with well, first of all, thank you, thank you for for that. And I heard so many positives there about you know improving ROI and efficiencies and making better events, which I I agree with you. I think it's what everybody wants at the end of the day. But I think a lot of people still have fear about AI and what is it and yep. and how is it going to affect my company. But it, like I said, you said a lot of positives. So give us a little bit of understanding of how you guys are using AI and what is that effect on, on our events? Should people be afraid of it? Uh, absolutely not. And this is the whole thing. The, the world is changing. Whether we like it or not, we are being forced to evolve and it's only going to accelerate uh, at an even more rapid pace. If you're really interested in understanding kind of AI and how fast in particular generative AI is moving, uh, there's some great uh, videos, for example, on YouTube called the AI Dilemma, which I'd recommend that people take a look at. And that's going to probably scare you a little bit, but let's now bring it back to the reality of the events business, for example. Uh, we're using artificial intelligence and machine learning in what's called an unsupervised fashion, which is synonymous for a learning system, much like your typical generative AI that's in the news all day today. And we're effectively using the AI to measure and, and count and create what we call personas. And this is just quantifying the behavior of people as they move through these spaces. And, and why is that important? First and foremost, humans can't do it. We're not wired this way. Well, there's no way we could stand there and count every single person that was 50 feet from our booth at all times throughout the entire trade show, what, tell how many people came by our booth within a certain feet. Uh, of course, looking at their journey as they move in and through our booth, what were they excited about? Where did they engage? How much time did they spend as they moved through these areas? Could we track the same person with our eyeballs and everybody else at the same time? You get the point. It's impossible. But with the power of technology, we can now do that. And if you want to understand you know, the real value of this, if you think about the e-commerce world and you think about Amazon.com, the reason they took a leap 10, 15 years ago is because they started doing this on the web. So they took artificial intelligence, machine learning, and they studied journeys. They studied behavior. And they got so good with the data that they could ultimately predict what's going on. And right now, I can tell you that within about one click, when you enter their website, they know what you're going to do. And they're extremely accurate. We're effectively doing the same thing in the physical environment. And our, our AI is tuned and has been manually validated literally thousands of times around the world. We work in about 30 countries, but it's been quote unquote tuned in such a way. So it learns the event, takes about three and a half hours. It does not start with any human bias. And that is extremely important. And that's one of the benchmarks of what we call unsupervised AI. And what that means is that we're not telling the system what to look for. It's telling us what it saw what it found, what it learned. And so it's creating uh, and effectively normalizing all sorts of variables like the weather that we can't control. Like who's in the booth next to you? You didn't know that when you selected your booth per se. Sometimes you did, a lot of times you don't. These are all variables that we cannot control and we can't account for them. But when you use unsupervised artificial intelligence, it doesn't think like a human. It thinks like a, like a system. And the system is designed to say, here's what I saw. Here's the average visitor or what we call a qualified visitor persona. And then we, we look at things like browsers and engagers. And I'm sorry, I'm getting a little, little deep and technical, but the point of the whole story is, is that we as humans cannot measure this. So we're bringing a view into this 
that we've never seen. And as humans, we need to simply learn how to read the data. And at FastSensor, that's part of our value proposition is bringing it to you in a digestible, tangible format that you can look at a dashboard, read a report, and understand what happened at your event. And more importantly, apply the data by making changes. And that which gets measured gets done. It's one of my favorite quotes. That's sort of a uh, an, an offshoot of another famous quote, but the point is, if I can measure it, I can change it and see what the impact is. And that is called an A-B test, Marketing 101. So we are building and have built effectively an A-B testing harness. So all of those things that you wondered if it worked or not, we can tell you. And that's the core value of artificial intelligence. It's not gonna take your job, it's gonna enhance your job. It's gonna make you more efficient. It's gonna help you demonstrate value. And it's going to help you ultimately build a better product. And that is the way you should be thinking about it and looking at it from my perspective. Wow, this is mind-blowing stuff. And 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 I completely am I, I under, I'm understanding the concept behind this. Taking everything that we've done in the past, and as, as someone who has, has exhibited for over 30 years and done hundreds of shows, we're always asking questions at the end. What could we do better? What worked? What didn't? And we're reliant, for most of those 30 years, we're reliant on my opinion, the opinions of the people that are working there in the booth, and what as to what people engage with. And, and that's just such limited uh, when you really yeah. think about it compared to what you just described it's very very limited so it's taking that data but it's taking all the data it's not just taking a couple you know, a couple of people while i was at the booth for these couple hours i interacted with the with 18 people you know had one-on-one -on -one conversations and this is what happened this was and the, all that yeah. is obviously still valid and still needs to be considered but i don't know while i'm talking to somebody who walked into the booth watched a video, engaged in a couple different things, and then left without talking to anybody. But maybe yep. they they put their name into something, they they filled out some sort of a form. You know, there, there's so much, <laughs> it's mind blowing. As I said, there's so much yeah. data and it's just capturing all of it. And yeah. and now it's, it's, but the most thing is, is it's one thing to have all the data. It's now, how do I make sense of all that? <clears throat> so how does, how does the AI take that data and what do, what do, what do customers then expect to get at the, at the end of it to, to, sure. to help them make better decisions? Great question. So, you know, a couple comments. One, everything we just described was the, the issue of human bias. So I want to reinforce and double down on that point. Human bias is I expect, I saw this, and we often see what we think is going to happen, mm -hmm. right? And again, nobody can sit there for three, four days straight and stare at an entire trade right. show, even from the rafters in the truss, for example, and looking down and counting everybody as they move through the booth like ants. We're just not wired for it, right? So again, we often see what we what we expect. You know, if I think that this activation over here is going to be really popular and it costs fifty thousand dollars, I'm going to be looking, and I'm going to try to see did a lot of people like it. And I'm going to keep looking at it. And guess what? I'm probably going to see a lot of people over in that area. What I didn't see is all the people behind me because I wasn't watching the whole area. So this is, again, an example, a very simple example of human bias at work. And the power, again, of AI and unsupervised AI is that we use the algorithms to 
effectively uh, negate the bias. They're a learning system. So they look at 99 plus percent of the audience that comes in the booth, how they move, where they go, in what order, for how long, et cetera. And then the system creates what we call a persona or a profile. Again, we call it a qualified visitor and that becomes our core metric. So when somebody says, how many people were in the booth? I say, what do you mean? How many bodies came through? What about the guy that cut the corner? because he was trying to get coffee faster. What about the person that stepped on your double padded carpet and stood there for 30 seconds, looked away from your booth, but rested their feet? Is that a visitor or not? We would say no. And the whole point of the story is we don't tell the system what it means to be a visitor. We have qualified visitors. They're in a booth for five minutes, 15 minutes, and 55 minutes. But if we set the bar, any one of us, you, Jim, the exhibitor themselves, the people running the brand for the marketing department, the exhibit house, whoever, or fastener, we'd all be wrong. So the system learns, it looks at, and, and in a way it sort of averages the behavior, it creates a bell curve of all the people that came in and out. And our system automatically excludes, for example, the employees based on their behavior, right? It excludes the guy that cut through the booth. We don't know if it's a guy or a gal. We know that they were in the booth for 12 seconds. So we don't count them most likely. And so what we're wind up with and what we're left over with is a true understanding of those who engaged in the booth. What did they engage with and where? And how do they move and in what order? And again, this is all what's called a qualified visitor. And then we subdivide that into what we call browsers and engagers. So we can further kind of understand the behavioral attributes that occurred within the booth. And again, simplification, how do I take that and apply it? It's this simple, I wanna maximize engagement. So if I'm at 35% engagers and I get that up to 45 at the next show, then I'm heading the right direction. Most people can do that, right? If I put product A in the corner, and that gets 67% of my visitors also visiting it, then it's probably interesting. And if product B in the other corner gets 5%, well, I just ran an A-B test. Product A yeah. is wins, okay? So those are the very simple applications. I will tell you a quick story for application again on the data. I stand in trade show booths, I run our data, I look at the dashboards live, we often demonstrate them, and then we apply them throughout. So we'll stop at lunch and say, hey team, huddle up for five seconds, right? And it's more like 50 seconds, but they come over and say, look at the dashboard, here's what I see, right? We have an average visit duration of 19 minutes. We're doing a poor job of converting people from area to area, so let's change one thing. Let's create a handoff and a handshake, you know, where I take this person who came into my area, and when I'm done talking to them, I'm gonna hand them to you, right? So I did that at a live T-Mobile booth, actually one of our partners who sells a retail product, and within about a three minute coaching session, by the end of the day, we were able to increase our dwell time in the booth by 25%. We went from 19 to about 24 minutes. And we more importantly, increased our cross area conversion about 60%. So we got people to spend longer in the booth and see more things by simply changing the quote unquote engagement script. And that was three minutes of coaching. That's immediate value that came out of that booth and out of the data and the application. And anybody can do that is the point. Yeah, that's powerful. That's really powerful. And that's something I hope that uh, everyone listening is, is taking note of that, that one lesson 
of you know maximizing and it's something i call the booth flow as something that we need to orchestrate ahead of time as to where are people going to go when they when they get to point a and then how do we get them to point b to point c point d and depending on yep. the size of your booth that's going to be uh, a lot easier than than in others but how do you maximize their time so so that they are getting the most out of it and you're getting exactly what you need them to get out of it so so that's fantastic but when you have data to back it up as you said mm -hmm. that and like you said real time is that's just that's just amazing to be able to to take back to to your people like look what we originally planned it's, it's i think we can do better i think we can do better yeah. and, and let's change make these quick changes and like you said a couple minutes of, of training and coaching and you're you're off to the races and uh, better results at the end of the day fantastic you got it you brought up something a little bit earlier and you, you talked about you know being able to see who's coming across uh, within 50 feet of the booth within 50 feet mm -hmm. is privacy an issue sure great question so the way the system works is we put multiple sensors in the booth they effectively create a mesh network and sort of cover uh, the area you're looking at they also reach out further so our range is actually pretty great but what we did is we set a effectively a geofence at about 50 feet. I call it eye shot. What's the typical range of a human being looking over? And if your booth is within 50 feet of them, can they see your brand? So we call this the impression metric, right? It's your, your CMO number, I like to call it. Not only are we measuring how many people, and by the way, this is a non-unique metric. So if I walk past your booth within 50 feet, 50 times or five times, I'm counted five or 50 times. The point is, Every one of those is a brand impression opportunity. It's part of the reason we as exhibitors create trade shows and, and why the brands show up and, and expose their brand to the audience. So we measure not only how many people in a non-unique fashion, but we measure how long. So we can also measure how long they're within range effectively of your booth. That is an opportunity that I call fishing, right? So if I set up a booth, my goal is to get you in it, okay? My first goal is to get you to see my brand my second goal is to get you closer to me. So our second metric is called walk by. And this is usually about a five to 10 foot range from my booth. And is it five or is it 10? The answer is it depends. The AI sets the range, not we, hmm. right? Because that would be human bias. So depending on how people behave just outside your booth, the system sets the range. So we call it a walk by. So now I've drawn you closer from a concentric circle perspective. Now, what's the next conversion? You'll notice we're, we've created a funnel. We went 50 foot, now we're at 10 feet. Now I gotta get you inside. So now my content, my giveaways, my booth staff, whatever my signage or otherwise is, has to be interesting enough to you to say, I'm gonna step in here. So now we've got you into the booth and then depending on how you behave in the booth, like I said, if you just ran through, then we probably count you as a walk-by. Our system would actually filter you out. If you actually worked in the booth and you were there for eight hours, the system would say, you don't look like a visitor to me. You look like an employee. And it would yeah. therefore put you in that bucket or persona. Long story short, those who are left are what we call qualified visitors. That's the center of the bell curve. Those are the people that we then measure how many of them and for how long in each area down to a 10 by 10 foot space. So if you've got a 30 by 40, you might have six, seven, eight different areas or zones that you want to measure. And each one of those is an activation. So we identify user, and this is where we, we get into the privacy perspective. We do not know who you are. This is completely anonymous. It is globally privacy policy compliant. We capture zero personally identifiable information. However, not knowing who you are doesn't 
keep us from knowing that you're the same entity. And what's valuable there is that our technology is unique in this way. If you put cameras up in your booth, you lose people as they leave the frame. We don't because we're effectively listening to your personal devices and their passive radio frequency emissions like your Bluetooth and your Wi-Fi and your RFID and your NFC and your Google and Apple Pay. All of these, these technologies are basically sending out these signals that we're capturing and then we're anonymizing, sort of tokenizing. But I can tell that it's the same person that went from area A to area B to area to C and then back to area A. That is extremely valuable. We call that customer journey, right? And that's the marketer's dream to understand finally the booth flow and not only where you went, but in what order and for how long. And again, all of that is anonymous, globally privacy policy compliant and completely safe to deploy anywhere. And that is key. And that's one of the reasons we've sort of taken a huge leap in this industry. This was providing a unique data set, but we're doing it safely and nobody's going to get sued. And nobody's going to get upset because we know nothing about you. So we're using the law of large numbers, as they say. We're aggregating large empirical data sets, which is literally trillions of locations. And we're turning it into a very simplified dashboard and wrap-up report. We call it a booth report. So you can see what happened at my booth. Wow, this is outstanding. <laughs> I love this. Thank you for, for, if nothing else, you are entertaining me tremendously today, but I know everyone is getting <laughs> getting value out of this. Just as, as someone who, who loves trade shows and is thinking about the possibilities and where we've come from, and, and obviously where we're going is, is sky's the limit. So you, you talked about the getting down to an area of like a 10 by 10. So what size booth is a good or the smallest where you would be able to really add value? Sure. So we really traditionally started at 10 by 10, about the smallest booth you could create. We're not going to subdivide that booth, but there's really one area when you're at a 10 by 10. So you're either in or out and there's still data. And we have a simplified solution for that. I'd say probably 90% of our booths are probably 10 by 20 and up. And when I say on up, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but a large portion would be under, say, a 50 by 50. You know, we get a lot of 20 by 30s, 30 by 40s, 50 by 50s. Mm-hmm. One of the booths that we did recently was 130,000 square feet. Wow. And I'm not, a, I'm not kidding. We <laughs> do a lot of, of work in defense and aerospace. Okay. And sometimes the activation we're tracking happens to be an airplane or a helicopter. Wow. We were just actually spoke and shared a case study on one of our long-term clients. Their name is Bell Helicopters. You've probably heard of them. Mm -hmm. They sell amazing aircraft to the military and to private uh, uh, entities, et cetera. You know, we've been working with them since 2020 and they go all around the world and show off their hardware. And so we've been able to demonstrate uh, a lot of, of course, measurement, uh, application of data, impact and lift based on their stated goals in working with their exhibit house or partner. In this case, it was Spyro. Um, And it's been extremely powerful. But again, back to the booth size, those are the big ones. But the majority are probably in that nice sort of mid-range where most of us uh, can afford and make sense, which is anywhere from 10 by 20 uh, up to, you know, 80 by 80 when you get the big ones, you know, but those are few and far between. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's a lot of shows that don't have booths anywhere near that size, but uh, I've done a lot of work sure. in uh, the public transit in, uh, industry, and so mm-hmm. you have these booths that are that size because they bring in rail cars <laughs> and, and you know, yep. multiple of uh, buses and, and things like that. So, yeah, I can t- definitely understand that. What about for a show organizer or an event huh? center, and, and they have a big show, 
can they can they use this kind of technology to do what what we've been talking about within a booth can they do that for yep. a show to see where people are going absolutely i'm glad you asked so to us a show is just a big booth from a technical yeah. standpoint yeah. and a booth is just a small show yeah. and you can kind of look at it either way so whether it's a you know 20 by 20 or you have a 300,000 square foot hall with 280 exhibitors in it, we can track the entire thing. And it's an interesting question. It really comes down to who should be collecting the data, who finds the most value in the data, and who should be you know, effectively paying for the data, deploying the technology. And I'll tell you a very quick story. I was at a Auto Shows of North America event a number of years ago, and I wasn't sure what the answer was, right? Do we work with the auto show or do we work with the brand or do we work with both? And if both, who pays for what? And so I literally stood up in a room of a bunch of people. I raised my hand and I said, I have a really stupid question. Who pays for tracking and data? And of course I explained what we did and there was a panel of six brands up on the on the stage and there was about 50 auto show owners in the audience literally surrounding me and somebody on stage says i pay for my booth you pay for the show and everybody kind of nodded and said yep that sounds right so that's kind of how it's it's sort of started but stuck so we work with the actual owner of the event and we will provide data on those large areas that they have i'm doing one right now uh with a a pretty good size show with almost 280 different exhibitors at it. And they are going to track their keynote areas and their breakout rooms and their theaters and their sessions. They're also going to track the common areas, right? At the same time, we've actually partnered with the show owner to bring the technology to the exhibitors as an offering. So when you click or sign up for your booth, you can order Wi-Fi, you can order power, you can order carpet, right? Well, why shouldn't you be able to order analytics? So we're trying to change that. And we see ourselves as just like another service and solution that should be standard and always offered to every trade show, both brand or you know exhibitor, as well as event owner, organizer. And both should be able to have that option. So we work with everything and anyone in between. And we can do it anonymous from a show level, or we can do it where we actually badge people um, the more traditional sense that you've probably all been to a show where there was a little device on your badge and it was usually called a beacon. Uh, we have different technology, but we, in a way, can also track and a, what I call attach the journey to the profile. And that's, of course, with a strict opt-in that requires, in order to be privacy policy compliant, that you must get the opt-in of the attendee to do so. We can do both. So hopefully that answers your questions in a long-winded fashion, but everything in between. We're also starting to talk to some of the actual uh, venue owners, the large convention centers, and we're talking about permanent deployments because it's an efficient model. And I think we'll get there eventually. So again, just like you've got Wi-Fi and you've got lighting and you've got flooring and you've got power, why not again having analytics? and be able to create ROI metrics and do it in an efficient form. So that's that's something that I think will come over time. Where we've come, where we've come as an industry and where we're going is just, <laughs> just amazing, just amazing. And, and it makes sense. Like you said, this makes everybody better. Anyone who wants to participate, because someone's got to pay for it, right? It's got, it's got to be, it's got to be paid for. Whether that is a, an added value from the from the the venue or from the the show organizer and show sponsors, all the way down to the the individual exhibitors. 
But knowing this level of data and the amount of data and making sense of it all is just going to make everything better from, because at the end of the day, the, if the attendees don't have a great experience, they're not going to come back. And yeah. that's what it's all about is Absolutely. creating a show where the attendees are like, wow, that was amazing. It flowed well. I it felt engaged from many different angles, but not overwhelmed. And, yep. you know, and, and all that's just going to happen over mm -hmm. time as we tweak and we learn and we grow. And to have this kind of tool set available to us is just amazing. All right. I, I've one more, yeah. one more uh, big question, uh, broad question. What yeah. are the trends? Where, where are we heading? What do you what do you see as the next big thing that AI is going to help us with? Well, I'll, I'll share a couple of things. When you said trends, I immediately thought of, you know, what do the numbers look like? Because a lot of people ask that. So I, I do want to share that because I think sure. it's great yeah. for yeah. people to understand. First of all, numbers are growing, right? I think we all kind of knew that. I don't have to tell you exactly, but I can tell you I have data to demonstrate. You know, we've been talk we've been tracking pre-pandemic. We started up our first event again in February 2021, which was almost shocking to us because the world was still very closed. Trade shows basically didn't exist. And that's when things fired back up. And it's just exploded since then. And I think what happened is we all got used to those of us who continue to look at virtual and hybrid events started getting access to data, right? And then all of a sudden, the world starts to open up. We all start getting back out there. We realize that we are social beings as humans and that we do best and not everybody, but most of us do best, especially in these types of roles when we're out there in front of people talking, engaging, building relationship and building network. And we can see that in the data, those people started to come back in droves. So the numbers are growing, you know, specifically commenting on AI, we're just scratching the surface and you are gonna see an exponential change in the way things work and the powers of the systems. So what I will tell you is that just in our system today, we have three different levels of artificial intelligence at work. So we're using AI in, in the locationing and filtering of all of this radio frequency, which we're literally capturing billions and trillions of data points in a single event. Think about that, okay? Again, no human could do this. So we're using AI to control that and to effectively enable our system to understand where people are and how many based on their behavioral attributes, and that's how we filter them. The second thing is we're using it to create things like a persona, like we described, a qualified visitor, where the AI, which is unsupervised again, learns the patterns, and then it shares back with us lowly humans, so to speak. Here's what we found at your event. The average visitor you know, was in your booth for at least two minutes and visited three or more areas. The average engager was in your booth for 15 minutes and visited at least one area for greater than or equal to. And that's a very oversimplified criteria, but we do share some of the quote unquote data so we can help what we call the black box problem. And the black box problem is this, if I don't understand the formula, how do I trust the data? So what we do to answer to that question is share the data from a criteria perspective that the AI created for each event, for each booth, for each show, and literally down to the day, it will change technically down to the hour. So we actually share that. So you as a human can look at it and say, that makes sense to me. So that's kind of level two. Level three is when we look at and understand this massive report that we're going to create. And one of the elements of the report is what we call an event score. So we built this about a year and a half ago. And what happened is we kept building this data and these reports and brands would say, amazing, I need it for every event, take me around the world. You know, let me, you know, I'm gonna bring you around the world rather with me as I do all of my 
global show. So we've been working globally now, but they kept saying good or bad. And we said, what do you mean? They said, well, is 35% brow, you know, engager to browser ratio good or bad? And somebody in my position who looks at this data all the time, he said, that's pretty solid. But how does it rank compared to other booths like yours, maybe at the same show? You know, so then we got a little smarter and we have a bunch of smart people who are data scientists, engineers, you know, AI experts, analysts, and they built a very complicated system that now effectively spits out what we call an event score. So it takes your booth, your event, whatever we're measuring, and it compares it to like booths in like shows in like areas based on our nine years of data, which is now thousands and thousands of events and growing every day exponentially. And it compares your experience to theirs and those like yours. So it scores you on four different attributes. So we give you an overall event score and that's sort of a health meter. And then we say things like journey, did everybody visit every area in your booth? We actually score that. And we say, oh, you're a 78. We do other things where we can tell you, is your booth the right size? Sometimes people say, oh my God, I got a hundred. And I said, hold on a second, that's not a good score. This is not you know, school in high school where we're looking at 99 as an A plus. If you score a hundred on this particular element, it means your booth was too small. You were bursting at the seams and I've seen it, yeah. right? And so that means you need more space because you're not, you're over optimized and you're super saturated in your area. So again, we're taking AI, which a human generally could not do. And we're comparing the data that we saw from your booth to booths like it. And then we tell you how you did relative to effectively those who look like you. And that is a super, super application of AI. And I call that level three. Now you're probably gonna ask, and if you're not, I'm gonna tell you anyway, <laughs> what about ChatGPT, Bard, you know, generative AI, everybody's talking about it, everybody's excited and scared. How are you engaging with that? Well, we saw this a long time ago. This is not new technology and we've been working on it, but it's now at the point where it's accessible people are getting it and they're more comfortable engaging with these systems. So what we're doing is we're building a generative AI layer on top of our existing data set. So instead of you having to just, of course, read the report and understand it, and, and we're going to assume that you got all the value out of it, what if we gave you a really smart query tool, which is generative AI? So you could ask the system questions like, did I have a big enough booth? And it could tell you the answer. Wow. That's where we're going. So that's actually, it's not even the future, it's the present. We're going to roll that out in the near future. Can't tell you exactly when, but we're in testing phases of this. But this is the next level, and I'll call it level four, of AI applied to our system to make our jobs easier and make us all smarter so we can do better in our jobs on a daily basis. Hope that makes sense. That does make sense. And that is, that's exciting. That is exciting. And like you said, it sounds like tomorrow, but things are accelerating at such a rate that it is today, <laughs> or literally mm -hmm. will be tomorrow, the next day. Yes. And how much more powerful? Because instead of just having that data and someone says, well, do we have a big, do we have the right size booth? And you go, okay, well, let me, I'm not sure how to segment this data to figure that out. Sure. By just asking and having AI come up with that answer is, is pretty freaking cool. <laughs> That's just amazing. I agree. Oh my I gosh. Agree. Kalen, thank you so much. This has been just a masterclass on, on 
getting better and and mm-hmm. the and the the you know bleeding edge of technology as it continues to change and accelerate and grow and and it's there's a lot of positives here so i really really appreciate you taking the time and explaining all this for us let me let me ask you is there anything anything special you want to offer to the listeners yeah, I think what we're going to do, if anybody wants to reach out and mention your show, they can reach out on fastcensor.com. They can find me on LinkedIn. You know, they, there's lots of ways to reach us. You can mention this podcast and we will provide a free booth report, which is a $1,200 value uh, coming out of this event. So any of your listeners who want to come reach out and follow up with us, we will partner usually with your agencies or exhibit house. We don't do the actual full deployment. Otherwise, we're the tech company behind the scenes. We can bring that to you and give that value to you for taking the time to listen. And we really appreciate everybody staying tuned in if you're still with us and listening and learning and look forward to talking to all of you. Awesome. And I will drop all of Kaylin's contact information into the show notes. So click on the show notes button, get that information, reach out to him, connect and and learn. Oh my gosh, this has been awesome. What, like I said, a masterclass today. So thank you again for, for taking the time. Really appreciate it. My hat is off to you and all that you're doing. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. We appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So everyone continue to learn, keep getting better, keep, keep binging on, on trade show you as, as we bring on just the, the absolute best guests that are going to help you and your shows far into the future. We'll see you next time here on campus at trade show university.